What up, everybody? We are back, and uh, Ben's got a little piece of information for you. Yeah, I like snacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. This so, is our second attempt. Yes. Brennan failed. And he, he actually didn't fail. He just... A brain malfunction, which happens to yeah. me every like thirty minutes. Well, I was so embarrassed was with so my first introdu- introduction. It was so poor, and you guys will never hear it ever. I'm gonna bury that deep, <laughs> deep in the virtual catacombs. Ooh. It's gonna disappear. Virtual so catacombs. Good. That's so good. I like that phrase. Virtual. Yeah. But we are back, and we're we here. do have a podcast. Guys, for guys you. we're here. Yeah, in the room. And, and so a couple of weeks ago, we did. Uh, our intern put up on the story and he said podcast recommendations and so the last week's with the heaven one came from that this week's with the book recommendations is coming from that and we got another three or four that we really enjoyed out of that list so if you ever have ideas you can feel free to dm that to us and we, we'd be we'd love to check it out so today we're just talking book recommendations what have we read what are we reading what do we hope to read what's been influential in our lives and so as you listen feel free to pull out a notes tab or a piece of paper and just kind of jot down some of these titles um you're probably not going to read all these nor do you have to mm-hmm. but we'd rather just point you in some of the way and in, in the areas that we've had success in reading and things that we've jo- enjoyed and why so to start with uh we're just going to talk a little bit about what's some of the benefit of reading like why do you guys read what's the importance and why is something in a podcast like this like why is it worth doing why is it worth reading why is it important because you're supposed to read <laughs> <laughs> Who told you that? All my teachers growing up. <laughs> I I am not, I have a low intellectual capacity. I've said this multiple times and I'm okay saying it. I just am. I don't like reading. Mm-hmm. I see the necessity of it. And something that we talk about is this is the reality of as followers of Jesus, we're continuing to learn and grow. And I, I, just even what you've said and what you've experienced, Brendan, you can say it, this idea of experience and other people's experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the greatest way we learn is through experience, mm-hmm. but also through other people's experience, which happens to be written down in a lot of books, which is why some people would say there's a book in everyone. I am never going to write it. <laughs> <laughs> I would read it. I bet it'd be super interesting. I bet everyone would get lost in the Pepperwood Chronicles. The Pepperwood Chronicles. Yes. <laughs> Rhythm. I was just transcribing <laughs> Channel 4 News. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't get that, that's a new girl joke. But uh, that is so good. <laughs> no, we're learners. We need to yeah. continue to be learners. Being a disciple is being a learner. Yeah, and then also just like some people like reading for fun. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it because I'm not like that. But that's we're, okay. we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. And and the quote he's talking about is I, I just heard this person say, and I'm never gonna re- remember who it's from. But they said the best way to learn is experience. And oftentimes we can't experience everything so the second best way to learn is through others experience so whether that's reading or listening to them or sitting under their teaching whatever that is and he used an example i remember this very vividly he's like the best way to learn how to climb mount everest is to go try and climb mount everest but most of us either shouldn't do that first because that's not wise or we'll never have the opportunity so if you want to know what it's like to climb mount everest everest you better listen to someone or read something from someone who's done it before and that really made sense to me and so now when i read i I take that same kind of idea and think that about books and i'm like okay i probably can't sit in this person's shoes or walk through everything that they've been through nor do i want to a lot of times but i can still gain something from them but that makes sense we're good to go Let's do it. It's the greatest I've ever heard in my life. Who wants to talk first? <laughs> because I want you to answer the question right off the bat. What is the best book you've ever read? The number one bestseller in all the history of the world, the Bible. <laughs> certain certain translation, King James. I the message. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't, I, it's came up multiple times in the last week. But have you guys ever heard of the, the cat translation? Yes. C-A-T. So K-A-T? No, no, no. I'm talking the cat K-A-T? translation. Like for, for felines. Yes. yes. Never heard of it. It translates all of the characters <laughs> and a lot of the narrative into cats and like what cats would do. So God becomes the ceiling cat. For some reason, <laughs> for some reason, nothing has infuriated more than what you just said. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I can't wait. I'm trying to get my hands on a copy of that. You just open one oasis. You're just preaching, hey, you guys can turn your Bibles to uh, Luke 12. We're going to read from the cat translation. The prodigal cat. The prodigal. See, there you go. You get it. You get it. And instead of Daniel being thrown in the lines and he's thrown the human den because he's a cat. This is the oh worst. My, my mind's you see why now. it's out there. I just told there's a picture book version. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Okay, so the best book yeah. you've ever read, the Bible? Well, um, yeah. Are we going to be weird about it? What do you mean? No, you can say There's that, but books. I would like you to pick a different book, too. Okay, I can do that. That uh, one's assumed. And I'm, I'm changing. I, 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 you know I can't do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You hate I'm all weird. questions that say the best. Or, I just yeah. do. And I think I'm going to answer it in, there was a moment in my life where a book has, and it's not been the most impactful book even. Hmm. But it's one that, for some reason, got me incredibly serious about holiness. Okay. And I wouldn't even recommend... I don't agree with everything he said in it. Mm -hmm. The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. There's, in the second chapter, there was something that he said, and he's incredibly black and white and aggressive, and and I think over the top, as because I've read it like four or five times. But the first time I read it, it got me so serious about pursuing Jesus and holiness. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that has been one of the most impactful moments while reading outside of maybe scripture or other things. So it's like, I don't even know if that's the, it's not the best from like a, I agree with everything it said, it hit everything on the head. The best didn't even like, in that way, just like, man, it was insanely impactful in my life. And, and you said something interesting there that I, I wanted to key on. Cause I heard someone else say this the other day, they were talking about how they read like one or two books that are their favorite, their best books. They read them every year. So sometime during each year, they're going to pick up that book and they're going to read it again. Hmm. So you said it's not even, you don't even agree with everything he said. Like it's not the best book, but you've read it four or five times. And so there's so many books out there. There are thousands and thousands of thousands of books. And out of there, there's probably thousands that are good. You know, there's a ton that are terrible. That's super good. But why do you come back to and read the same book over and over again if you haven't read all these other books I, I i remember the experience i had the first time i read it mm. i legitimately what it goes back to knowing that faith is a priority for me not just because i'm a pastor because i'm a follower of jesus it just draws me back mm-hmm. and i read it and i and i, I read it again it's like i don't agree with everything but i get to, again it's chapter two yeah <laughs> and there's it's it's in there and i read that moment and i literally am able to place myself back in my apartment the first time i read it in the living room on my futon reading that specific moment mm. and it just it increases my faith yeah it does weird things in a good way part of the thing that i've started to wrestle with with the was the beauty of that and it's the same reason we reread scripture is because in different seasons where you're at and what god wants to do in your life it can speak to you differently so you could read a book five times and take a bunch of different conclusions away each time um and that's i mean the scripture does it best because it's god breathed and living and active but Books can also do that, where yep. you, you read the same book, but the second time you read it, this chapter or this paragraph, this idea hits harder than it did before. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Jaina, best book? Um, I'm going to pull a bit and say it's not like, I wouldn't say this is my top book of all time, but a book that I read. I don't know how you guys define <laughs> best, but... Uh, like, number one, never being shaken. There that's you go. Okay. Best. That's good. Uh, for me. 
But the Bible. <laughs> the shack. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I actually did like that book. Much. All right, back to it. <laughs> oh gosh. So a book that I have really, really loved is called uh, Girl Wash Your Face. I'm joking. I'm joking. She's joking. <laughs> you should have seen both of their eyes just got, got so huge. big. <laughs> Not that we don't love and care for Rachel Hollis, but some of her opinions do not align with biblical truth. That's why Jana that said so that, good. joking. That was so good. Okay, no. And for Ben real. and I were about to lose our minds. <laughs> no. Internally, not externally. We got to rebuke truth, man. <laughs> rebuke falsehood. Uh, no, for real. Okay, for real. One of my favorite books that I've ever read is called Embolden, um, A Vision for Empowering Women in Ministry by uh, Tara Beth Leach. Um, and it was just, I read it early on in... Uh, my pastoral career uh, for a class, but um, it was just really encouraging and really empowering to know that, like, not only can I do this, but, like, mm. God has called me to do so this. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I love that. And I actually have read that book, too. I borrowed yeah. Jana's copy. I had to read it for class as well, and I really, really enjoyed it. He had to read it. I did. He was forced to read yeah. it. Oh, for sure. I would have never read it if I would have had to pick myself. <laughs> Professor said, you must read this, write this paper. And so I said, Jana, can I please borrow that? And I liked it. Yeah. It was awesome. Book. Um, for me, the best book I've ever read is the one that's probably been most influential outside of the Bible, and it was The Ruthless Elimination by Hurry of John, by John Mark Comer. And like that book, to me, I read it two years ago. I've read it once since. So I've read it twice, I think, now. <clears throat> I've loaned it out to a handful of people. I plug it to literally everyone I can meet, and it's because... One, he has a way with words. He's an incredible author, and he just tells the story that's really captivating, and I think he hits a ton of points in it that are just great but also too it adds like a lot of practical like advice and but it's not legalistic he gives it in a way that's like hey this is what i do this is what i would suggest and now you have to figure it out for yourself and that's how i've taken it and that's why i consistently come back to it because there's things that i learn every time that i can apply to my life and it is probably one of the books that has most drastically changed the way i view the world Mm -hmm. and how i function as a person that's good so otherwise Next question. So if that's the best book you've read, what is the last book you read? You mean like the most recent? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the last book you would read? So like if you went from today back in in time and you last closed the last page of a book, what was that book? I just finished Revelation this morning. (laughs) (laughs) No, Way of the Heart by Henry Nouwen. That's the last book I read. What is it? It is a book about connecting with God through prayer. Wisdom and silence. <laughs> Done. No, and so Henry Nouwen is a uh, Catholic priest who has had a lot of crazy experience and success in his life. And he wrote another book called In the Name of Jesus that I read every year that I really, really love. Um, and this is the first time I've read this book twice this year, The Way of the Heart, because <laughs> it's been it's one that will be a part of the next question that you ask. And God has been doing something in my soul the last six months of what does it look like to continue to just pursue relationship with Jesus well. Mm-hmm. And the way that Henry Nouwen writes this book defines silent solitude and prayer in a way that was just what God was doing in my soul and led me into deeper relationship with him. And so this idea of s- silence and solitude as we pursue that is not just a discipline that we do. It's a disposition of our soul to be able to connect with Jesus and, and neglect the things of the world. 
And it's like, yes, let's go. And so it's in silence. I not only am recognizing what is the world speaking, but I'm also learning how to speak. Mm-hmm. And then he goes right into, so he goes silence, solitude, and then he talks about this idea of cease, uh, unceasing prayer, yeah, which goes back to actually communion with God, not necessarily just praying all the time. So, really And so cool. this is like a satirical question, but like, dude, he's a Catholic priest. Yeah, man. <laughs> what are you doing reading a Catholic priest book? God loves Jesus. So you can just why. read whoever? Yes. <laughs> you answered the question a little better than that. What do you want to know? <laughs> like, why Why are you able to read his book? You don't agree with his theology. I don't agree with some of his theology, and he doesn't agree with some of mine. I don't know if I agree with all of the United Methodist theology, and we're the stepbrother of, as in the Western <laughs> domination of the United Methodists. I'd still read their books. Yeah. His heart is for Jesus. I think there is a reality for me that... Henry Nouwen is one who has a personal relationship with Jesus, and so that's what matters. And he wrote a book that has encouraged my soul, Mm -hmm. and I've heard great things about it. Denomination affiliation does not matter if it's good. There you go. There you go. And I I think that that posture is also like you can learn from anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everything everybody says is true. Not everything they believe is true. Not everything you believe is true. We all have areas that we we are incorrect in our theology and our belief, but... We can still learn from everybody, so that's good. Jana, what about you? What was the last book you read? So I'm still currently reading it. Nice. Um, okay. But it's called All the Women of the Bible by Edith Dean, um, and it's literally just a collection of all the stories of every single woman in the Bible. Dang. Um, so it's it's uh, almost feels like it's not like one continuous book where like you start and then you end and you had this whole picture, but it's like every chapter is a new woman of the Bible and her story. So that's why it's I say I'm ongoing because I'm not like – sitting down and reading it like continuously mm-hmm. for hours, but read a couple stories here and there. And it's just really cool to see uh, women of the Bible, the most from the most obscure name that you don't even recognize to like the woman who's unnamed hmm. to like Deborah, you know, <laughs> or like Esther, yeah. um, the ones that everybody knows about. So it's just mm-hmm. really cool to um, read it. And she unpacks a little bit of their stories too. So that cool. is cool. That's awesome. The last book I read was called More Than a Carpenter, and it's by Josh McDowell. Yeah, that's how you say it. Um, and someone sent it to me for Christmas last year um, because they knew that the pastor, the guy who wrote it. Uh, and so they sent it to me, and they said, hey, you should check this out. And it sat on my shelf for like, oh, I mean, the whole year. And I was like, ah, eventually I'll get to it. But I picked it because it was this little tiny book, and I like little tiny books because it makes me feel accomplished <laughs> when I read it. So I read this whole book in like a day. Yeah, or, or, yeah. legit. Like I love when a book's tiny because it's like, man, I feel so, so accomplished <laughs> after finishing a book. But it was awesome. He writes about how his story and his beliefs uh, were changed through an investigative process of searching out Christianity. So I think this is kind of like a common idea. Like you've got uh, the guy that writes... It's the movie, uh, but he also does. Oh my goodness! Someone help me out. Uh, the case for Christ. Um, Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel, or like C.S. Lewis, kind of came to faith the same way. These guys who are incredibly intelligent and they go about finding analytical, like skeptical, yeah, skeptical, yeah. and then they go about finding faith through their investigative process. And he does the same thing in this book, and it was a great read. So if you're ever interested, I would mm-hmm. highly, highly recommend. Next question. It's good. Let's go. What are two, two books that you've read in the past or that uh, you're looking to read or you've heard others talk about that you would suggest to our people? And you're like, you should read these and this is why. I can go first if you want. Yep. All right. So my first book is called 
Forgive Us, Confessions of a Compromised Faith. Um, it's got four authors. So May Elise Cannon, Lisa Sharon Harper, Troy Jackson, and Soong Chan Ra. I hope I said his name correctly. <laughs> I'm so sorry if I did not. Um, but I read this book at a time when I was very cynical about the local church. Oh, cool. Or about the church Dang. as a whole, hmm. about just its brokenness and just mistreatment of people. Um, and so someone suggested this book to me. And in each chapter, it addresses a different um, topic or people group that the church has sinned against. So trying to find the contents page. So some of those examples are God's creation, indigenous people, African-Americans and people of color, women, the LGBTQ community, immigrants, um, and then Jews and Muslims. Um, and what I love about it is in each chapter, it starts with like a historical reflection of uh, like a general historical reflection of that specific mm. group. And then also how the church has played a role in that. Um, and then gives a theological reflection, looking at what does scripture really say? Um, and then finishes with a sign of hope. So example of something good that's happening in restoration in this particular area today. Um, and then finishes with the prayer of confession or a lament. Um, and so I, it was just really encouraging for me to kind of like recognize that, yeah, the church is broken and there's some things we've definitely done horribly wrong in the past. Um, but there's also an opportunity for restoration and reconciliation if we pursue it. Um, so if you're looking to like bash the church and hate the church and you read this book, you probably could get there because mm-hmm. it doesn't beat around the bush. It, mm. It's not trying to like cover up what we've done. Um, but for me, it was really restorative to even to like accept a little bit of some of that within myself. So that's my first one. I really enjoy it. I come back to it every once in a while. That's so good. Makes yeah, me want to read that. Super good book. Um, second book? Or do you want to rotate around and everybody gets think? a second double down? What do we think? We can do that. Mix All it right. up. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to go? Yep. All right. Uh, oof. Out of my two, which one do I want to go first? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go the, the, the one I would probably have said second if I was doing back-to-back. But I, I read this last... It probably took me a year to read it. It took me a really long time. I'd read a chapter like a month. And it was The Reason for God by Timothy Keller. And it's belief in an age of skepticism. And so Timothy Keller is this pastor in New York, Manhattan, I think, specifically. And he pastors Christ the Redeemer Church. I think that's what it's called. Redeemer Church, yeah. Redeemer Presbyterian Church, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's this huge church in New York, but it's awesome because it, it's a church that is, exists right alongside like the Hillsong New York Church. Yeah. And so you you think Hillsong and you think that's the model that works in New York, but Timothy Keller actually runs this more liturgical, traditional church, and he pastors that, and, and it, it's so different than anything that I could think would happen and work in New York, but it works. And so he's this incredible pastor, and he writes this book to his people based on the questions that he had gotten over his many years of pastoring, and a lot of it was this these skeptics and these people who would come and they'd say, I don't believe in Christianity because of this. And they had all these points and these facts. And so over his tenure of pastoring, he was able to articulate um, just the answers to these people's questions. And so through the book, he splits it in half. And the first half is how he answers all of their questions and tells them they're wrong. And he does it in a really kind and gentle way. But he tells them, he says, here's your question, and here's why it's wrong. And then he flips in the second half of the book, and he says, here's your question again, and here's how Christianity says it's right. And he he, he gives our perspective, his perspective, um, from the reasons for God on those questions. And I just thought that was beautiful, that he, he takes and he refutes, but he also turns around in an apologetics and gives hope and gives glory back to God in it. So it it, it is... 
a bit dense. Um, I mean, it's not an easy read in some, for some people. Um, for me, it was not a necessarily easy read. He's brilliant, smart. The questions are deep and theological. So there's some wrestling that needs to happen, but it's a great apologetics book. So uh, I want to take Jesus's first recommend or Jesus's Brennan's first recommendation, <laughs> but I won't because that uh, would be one that I would recommend. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say The Jesus Way by Eugene Peterson. We That's did great. it a That's couple good. summers ago. Eugene Peterson has been and is one of just my favorite scholars. Um, he's recently passed, but he, I got to remember his actual like bio. Um, he was a pastor of spiritual theology. I think it, it was a college. <laughs> yeah. I think Regent College. In, that sounds it right. Was in, it was in Canada. I know it was in Canada. Uh, but he was also called to pastor a church of no more than like 250, 300 people. And he's just like called to this space in this church just to pastor that. He's incredibly brilliant. He wrote the message. Um, he's just a brilliant, brilliant man. But he wrote this book called The Jesus Way. And it's Peterson's pondering of scripture on what Jesus's life looked like. And then the call for us to basically live as Jesus lived. It's goes through how, how do we live sacrificially? What it looks for us to like live into failure in good ways, what it looks like for us to live in the margins to pursue holiness really well. He looks at um, how Abraham, Moses, David, Elijah, and Isaiah basically paved the way as old Testament, like church or whatever mm-hmm. people characters paved the way of how Jesus embodied perfectly all of their perfections and, how he lived, Jesus lived in a way that um, overcame their imperfections. It just, the way he explains it is incredible, but calling us into a walk and a way of the Lord that is found completely in Jesus. And in that, he pushes back on the, honestly, Christian nationalism of yeah. America. And so he like destroys, <laughs> I think in a really good way and in a really challenging way, consumerism and celebrate and like the celebrity, just not just pastor, but in the idea of pursuing being status and fame, status yeah. and charisma and passion and all these things and just points to a way of like a new way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, super impactful for me. I love Eugene Peterson. Anything yeah. that he writes, I'm going to read. Mm-hmm. Well, Are we going back around the horseshoe? Do I get to go again? Sure. All right. <clears throat> So the second book that I would suggest you all need to read. <laughs> yeah. It's it's in every top like five, ten. Yeah. Every Christian should read this book of all time, all the time. It's Mere Christianity yeah. by C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is above and by, beyond my favorite author without a doubt. Like everything I read by him is incredible. This man is, he blows my mind the way he's able to articulate things and just teach truth. And he does it in a way that he wrote, he lived and wrote but in like the earlier 1900s. So mere Christianity is written between the first and second world wars. And he, I don't, it's still, even though it's a hundred years later, the way he speaks and how he's able to communicate to my soul and the experience that I'm living is incredible. So mere Christianity is during this period of moral decay in England, where he lived, he was commissioned by Winston Churchill to step up and to give an address to the nation over four separate, uh, Uh, radio talks about the mere Christianity, about the very basic um, central ideas of Christianity, the common idea of what Christianity is supposed to be. So he's going to talk to this whole nation. All these people are going to tune in and he just has to explain Christianity to them over the radio. And those, those talks were so powerful and so moving that they got written. He ended up writing them down in this book. And so he breaks the book down into four parts and he walks through um, each one of the ones and explains Christianity at its basics. Like he is actually an Anglican um, for a lot of his life. And so like, he doesn't even believe 
the same theology as we do, but he writes mere Christianity, the basics, the central, and it's beautiful. It's, it's incredible. You need to read it. So. So good. Yeah. That's good. Either way, back to one or two. There you go. Yeah. Sweet. So my second recommendation is called Jesus Feminist by Sarah Bessie. It has two subtitles that I think help to give an idea of what it's about. So first, an invitation to revisit the Bible's view of women and then exploring God's radical notion that women are people too. Um, and this book came out in 2013, which I think was like right at the like high point of when feminism was really being talked about mm-hmm. and radical feminism was on the rise. Um, and she just kind of takes the approach of how do we be Jesus feminists? Um, and so like right away she pushes back against the idea of like feminism as angry and cynical mm-hmm. and um, and even says like, I won't desecrate beauty with cynicism anymore and gives that encouragement to women. Um, and if you've listened to any of our podcasts over, I mean, we just talked a little bit about is the Bible uh, yeah. sexist or even we talked about women in ministry a while ago. Um, a lot of what we talked about in those podcasts are present in this book, too. Um, so if that's a topic you're interested in learning more about, I highly recommend this one. But one of the things I love the most that she uh, wrote in this is that a biblical equality is not the end game. It's one of the means to God's big ending, all things redeemed, all things restored. Um, and I really just love the approach she takes of, like, we cannot continue to silence the church because women are part of the church. Um, and women need to be empowered to use their voice and to speak and know they're worthwhile in the same way that men are. Um, and she pushes back even a little bit on some of the, like, Greco-Roman, like, um, ideas of femininity and masculinity and family, whatnot. Um, but it's just a really, really good, encouraging book mm-hmm. for women. And I actually so think good. for men, too. Yeah. When I was flipping through it earlier, I saw a note that I made that said, like, this is really empowering for men. You should make your husband read this before you get married. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, so even, yeah, if you're a man, this is really good too. Mm-hmm. And that one's probably really like good. a, someone to hear feminist and they'll throw it out right yeah. away. But I hope you heard and listened to Jaina speak about mm-hmm. it and see that it actually could yeah. be really beneficial for yeah. you. And she even talks about how like she was hesitant to use that title because she knew it would get attention. But oh, then yeah. she was like, it's like clickbaity. It's gonna, yeah, it's very clickbaity, the title is, but there is a real like, to be a Jesus follower is to be a true feminist to some extent. Hmm. So, all right, Agreed. you got a second one? Yeah, ruthless elimination of hurry. Oh, what? <laughs> John Mark Sorry, bro. No, it just is. No, it don't be. It's. I would say the way the heart by Henry Nouwen of what I just read, um, but he writes more towards pastors and leaders, mm. and I think John Mark Comer writes for the everyday followers. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, and so that's why I would recommend that one. Mm-hmm. I think just starts off with this premise and the reality and the truth that hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. Yeah. And we all experience it and feel it. And one of my favorite moments and the biggest lesson I learned from it is being okay with, uh, being inefficient. Hmm. This is idea of what does it look like to legitimately slow down and how literal, literally slowing down the pace of your life allows you to, uh, take on Jesus's yoke and literally walk his pace. And how we can, in walking his pace, what we're doing is we're walking the pace of love. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. slowing down allows us, how we eliminate hurry in our life allows us to just love one God better and other people uh, better. Yeah. So just incredibly impactful. Literally has changed my life in the last six months. I read it again six months ago, mm-hmm. um, back in March. Yeah. Prepping for a sermon series. And it changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I had read it and then I 
I, I, well, I read it and it was so impactful for me. I was yeah. like, we have to preach yeah. on this stuff. <laughs> and so then I think I gave it to Ben or you bought a copy and so yeah. then you read through it and Kindle version. Yeah. yeah. Man, so good. It's so good. I just, even that guy, he, he go, I'm going to just teach a little bit if you guys are okay with this. And sure. in first Thessalonians four, Paul is encouraging the Thessalonians of what is the end goal? What's, what's the vision of success in your life? And he says in verse 11 to make, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Mm-hmm. Like you should mind your own business, work with your hands just as you are told so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you won't be dependent on anybody. And just like the way John Mark Homer says it, he says something about like, okay, Paul could have used important. What's, how do you make the most impact? He just like, be quiet. Like in what that looks like. It's just, it's great. It legitimately is incredible. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, so if those are all our book suggestions, I, I think sometimes it's interesting to, to ask this question to people who are leaders or people who do read a de- decent amount. Do you ever just read for fun? Like, do you ever sit back and you open a book, not because you want to really learn from it or because someone else recommended it, but just because I want to enjoy flipping the pages? Like like, like it's rest. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. Mm-hmm. It, it I, I have to work to comprehend and... And reading just to read, I would rather fold laundry hmm. <laughs> legitimately. Yeah. Like that is more restful for me than reading. I can't, I just, there's something about, I'm not able to read for fun. Yeah. It's hard for me. Yeah. I'll read and it's important, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want, I, yeah. I want to learn these things. So like yeah. I will do it in person and do it, but for fun, it's hard for me. Yeah. What do you think, Jenna? Um, I actually prefer reading for fun. So I have this love hate relationship with reading in general. <laughs> it is not how I learn. So for me to sit down and read any of the books that we've recommended for you guys is like, that's work for me. That is not restful. It's not rejuvenating because I'm studying, I'm learning. Um, But reading like fiction or like anything that's narrative and like storytelling, super restful. Like I usually read a chapter or two of just like some fiction story every night to just like kind of unwind. So yes, I prefer to read for fun. (laughs) So what's a fun book you've read lately? Um. So I've been reading through this series called The Secrets of the Immortal Nicholas Flamel, which is Why kind of... Why have I of, heard of that? It's a Harry Potter style okay. of book, um, but it's very like sci- science fiction, futuristic. Oh, that name sounds of. so familiar. Nicholas Flamel is like a flame, famous like philosopher or whatever. You're probably, you're probably thinking Nicholas Sparks. Stop. Get out of here. <laughs> Nicholas Flamel is like a real person. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. But okay. this is like a, like a, fig, like yeah, a yeah, fake yeah. story based around who this guy Sweet. was cool but it's yeah it's just a fun series it's like a middle school level so that's <laughs> nice too <laughs> yeah i'm like a middle ground between the two of you so like i actually do enjoy reading like for fun but i have had to learn how to do it because i feel like when i became a christian everything i read was for the sake of knowledge yeah. and so i would always get out a pen or a highlighter and i wanted to absorb and i wanted to retain every page and every chapter and i and i heard this person talk once and they just encouraged they're like you don't need to retain everything take a big idea yeah. and that was kind of their advice when they said if you read a lot of books if you take a big idea from every book you'll be fine yeah. like you don't need to remember every single chapter and every single point that person made and so i stopped i started to read differently and so now when i read unless it's like for a meeting or like for schoolwork 
anytime I read a Christian book, I don't ever take a pen or a highlighter out because for me, that moves it from a point of leisure and relaxation to a point of work. For sure. And so even when I'm reading through like Mere Christianity, which I just read a couple months ago, like I didn't highlight anything. I just read through it, enjoyed every single page of it. And then I, and now I look back and I remember these things or these, these points he was teaching on without like the burden of making it feel like work. Beyond that, yeah, there's that's just, what podcasts are for me. Okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's where it's yeah. like this is fun. Yeah, yeah, and like there's also yeah. been books like I feel like it's important, and this is a little bit of what we'll chat here in a second. I think it's important to find books that are just like fun. Mm-hmm. So like I read, I love reading biographies. I love seeing just like people's stories. So I read the yeah. the biography of uh, the Nike founder. I'm not going to remember his name right off the top of my bat, but it's called Shoe Dog. Is right off the top of my head. Um, his name is. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to remember. Someone else can help me out and look it up. But the book is called Shoe Dog. Uh, and, and it's incredible. It's just Phil so Knight. fun. Yeah, there you go. And that like that's a book I read. I read Chip and Joanna Gaines' book mm. last year during quarantine. Loved it. Just yeah. love hearing their story and getting to, to rest and relax and, and learn from them. Because I did. I God, weirdly enough, God did something in my soul through reading Chip and Joanna Gaines' book. He taught me something about how I function as a person and some of my values and different things that he like radically changed something in me, which was really cool, and I was not yeah. expecting it. That's sweet. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Fun reading? Anything like that? All right, we got one more question <laughs> for you. When you're looking to the future, as many days as the Lord will provide us, yeah, what, we could all die tonight. What is a book you plan to read, Lord willing? Just one, can I just say one? Or can I say two? You can say two or three. Uh, two. Okay. Thank you for giving me that, that parameter. I needed it. Um, one, Jesus and John Wayne by Christian Cobes Dumez. And this one, first and foremost, I picked up because all of Twitter has been talking about it for the last two years. <laughs> and here's the subtitle How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and Fractured a Nation. And she just crushes Christian nationalism. In my, I think is what I've read is yeah. what the reviews I've seen, um, and it's been really, really. It calls out like a lot of the evangelical church in the last thirty decades and what that's done to people's faith. Um, and I think a very healthy, good way. Some people that I really trust have read it and grown and and loved it. Uh, and then the other one is Holier Than Thou by uh, Jackie O'Perry. Yeah, she just like she just is a theologian and an artist who speaks to my soul. Mm-hmm. Like I just, she just does. She's incredible. I don't agree with everything she, like theology she has, Yeah. but like, man, there's something about her. And, and honestly, those two are at the top of my list mm-hmm. because they're female authors. Like there's like, that's just something I was challenged with by the guy who first discipled me was like, you make sure you are not reading just men. Like he just yeah. said that to me. It was like, Someone okay. just asked me that the other day. It was up in the loft, and someone said, when's the last time you read a book oh, by yeah. a female? Mm. And I was like, oof. And I think mm-hmm. it was the emboldened one. It was like three years ago. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's not okay. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. But, Jana, yeah. what do you think? What's a book you want to read in the future? Actually, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Nice. Oh. Probably top of my list. Let's go. Because yeah. I've heard you guys talk about it so much, but <laughs> being in seminary, this is the first time in like three years that I've been able to read for fun, so yes. I haven't gotten to it yet. But. Let's go. And so my problem is I'm also in seminary, and I will neglect my seminary <laughs> reading in order to read the books I actually do enjoy. So in the last I see, I month, I think I've read two books that I've just wanted to free read and just have enjoyed. And my thing is I love to read on Sabbath, so it's like I don't want to watch as much TV. Yeah. So I just substitute reading because it's restful for my soul. Mm-hmm. And so then I get to my homework assignment due Tuesday, and I got six chapters <laughs> yeah, that I'm just you. crunching because I <laughs> I didn't read them over the weekend, but 
One of the books I plan to read in the future is by Craig Rochelle. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind, uh, Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life, which is kind of an aggressive subtitle. But (laughs) we're doing a mental health series here in the spring. It should be like the last four weeks of the year about. Um, And so I have this and another book by Louis Giglio. And both of those have been kind of popular in Christian movements about this idea of um, capturing your thinking, retraining your pathways, those kind of stuff. So I'm really excited. I love him as a a leader and a pastor. And so I'm excited to see through his uh, battle with mental health uh, what he has to say about that. And I hope it's beneficial for our community and what we're able to communicate later. So, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add about books or... Books are good. (laughs) Books are good. No. (laughs) What I would hope you take away from a podcast like this is not 15 books you now have to read and now you're overwhelmed, but find one book. Like maybe you haven't read a book in a while and you're like, oh, I'm willing to try that and commit to something. Remember I told you more than a carpenter is really small. Um, So if you want to commit to one book, read it. Let us know what you think if you you want to send us a DM or talk to us on a Sunday night. But we hope this was beneficial for you and we will catch you next time. See See you guys. Bye.